0: This is The Gavel with the third section of our show, the third and final, The Conversation. This um, segment is loosely based off of impromptu debate, which is something where you get a quote or some sort of um, line that you have to work off of, and you give a speech. Usually, you get seven minutes, and within that, you have to both plan and perform your speech. But with ours, to make it more fun for people to listen to we're going to do two-minute speeches, as in I give a topic to Howe, who's here with me today. I'm Cam, and Howe's with me. I would have two minutes. I'd give her a couple seconds to think about it, and then two minutes to prepare. So it's more of a rapid-fire, more fun-to-listen-to type of impromptu debate, and it is called The
1: Conversation. I'll try my best not to ramble.
0: Yes, and this week, because it's, you know... The first one of the conversation. I am the puppeteer, as in I have all the topics and how doesn't. So she's <laughs> not gonna know what hits her. How
1: are you? Ready? He can pull anything out of the sky and make me talk about it to you all for a minute to two minutes.
0: Most of them. I are apologize. Are pretty, pretty, most advance. of them are pretty serious, but we're gonna start off with you know a meatball or two, which was a sports reference. Which is. Pretty Look at awesome. you. Yeah, I know. Okay, ready? How?
1: Um, as ready as I'll ever be. All
0: right, I'll give you a pretty easy one, and, um, if you give me one second, I will prepare the official...
1: Stopwatch?
0: Yes, the official gavel stopwatch. Okay? Prepare yourself, ready your mind. I think I'll give you 20 seconds to prepare, and then talk for two minutes. Okay? Sure. And, your topic, the first topic ever of... Give me a train wreck. ...is, if I were an animal, I'd be a... Go. Your planning starts now. Okay, and that was 20 seconds, so begin.
1: Well, uh, if I were an animal, I think I would probably be a dog. Um, I think, you know, generally speaking, they're game to, like, be kind of high energy and, like, have a really great time and be really fun. Or they're equally game to just, like, chill out and um relax and just sort of enjoy the quality of company with their owners or other um, pet friends. Um, Generally speaking, they're pretty happy and enjoy cheering people up. I think it's kind of like nothing really brings a smile to your face quite like a dog does, and I try and probably don't really succeed in. But, you know, it's all about attempting, I suppose, to sort of do that. Um, I like to help people out, and I feel like, you know, everything from, like, actually trained to be, like, a rescue dog to just the general happiness brought about by adorable and sweet, loving dogs um, It's something left. that I try to aspire to be. Thanks. So, well, I thought we were doing only one minute. How is there a, still a minute left?
0: There's a minute left. Keep going. We're doing two uh,
1: This is bullshit. Um... So, I mean, I also appreciate the fact that there are, like, a variety of different dogs. Like, one day I could, like, be a golden and be, like, a sporty family dog that is just loving. Like, be like a Parker from Molly's family, uh, who is this giant golden who is a sweetie. Um, And on other days I could be my dog, Sparky, who is a West Highland White Terrier, who is um, pretty bratty and doesn't really like to listen, but he's still adorable. Um, or if I was just felt like being awesome, I could be Cam's dog Delbo, who is basically the smartest and cutest and most incredible dog ever. Um, so in summation, I, if I were any animal, I think I would hope that I was a dog because there's a lot of variety there, um, a good balance of energy, and trying to help people out. So yeah, with that I close, and uh, am excited to have this portion of the conversation be over with.
0: Very good. That was two minutes and about three seconds.
1: Very Thanks. good.
0: I could tell that you were uh, dragging yourself along like a man in the desert for the last minute of it, but you complimented my dog, so good job.
1: Thanks. Um, good. So now I have a topic for you because I'm sick of talking, so I'll let you have some fun with this. Um, I'll just go right okay, for the throat.
0: Do you have a timer ready?
1: No, I don't. Uh, I have a timer on my clock. It'll be fine. I'm just going to go straight for the kill shot here. Um, When Cameron Fusil is lying acceptable? I just said your last name. When Cam is lying acceptable?
0: Lying is acceptable?
1: You are not using your 20-second prep period, mister.
0: Oh, maybe I don't need it, unlike some novices we have on the show.
1: You know what? I'm just going to quit now. Have fun finishing the
0: show by yourself.
1: I'm not saying anything. Uh,
0: Okay. Lying is acceptable only in situations of necessity. For example, say there's a car accident, and there's a man and a woman in the car accident, and the man dies. When the woman is in the hospital, and she wakes up, and she says, where's my husband? It's probably best not to tell her that he died because it would only provide further stress and possibly limit her chances of getting better. So in that instance, it's okay to lie. But those sort of things are for the sake of protection. And I think that when most people lie, they say, I was doing it in your best interest, or I was doing it to help you. I thought I was doing it to help you. And I think that sort of thing, that sort of justification is very easy to use. And I think that it's, commonly abused. So it's a very slippery slope. You have a minute left. I think that it can only be used when absolutely necessary, not only obviously in the hospital car accident situations, but maybe maybe if we're watching a presidential address and, you know, there's a major terrorist attack, it's probably best, even if the president is scared, to not run around screaming and to show some sort of... um, Safety and a kind of a rock for the country to lean against. I think it's good in that case to not. Maybe it's not necessarily lying, but to be strong and maybe to not show the implicit severity of a situation. So, in summation, lying is only only acceptable when it's undeniably for someone's protection and. The alternative would be to hurt someone fundamentally. High up. Okay. Good job. Could have been better. I'm sure when I listen back, I won't like it,
1: but. I think the one issue is the, who's the arbiter of what is in a person's best interest or not?
0: Right. Should an action be judged on its intent or consequence? Um, ready for your second one? No. Correct answer is I was born ready, so I'm going to pretend you said that. Ready? Sure. Alright, this is, uh, this is mean. This is, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is terrible. I found this one online. These are all online. (sighs) Poverty is a state of mind. 20 seconds starts
1: now. Are you allowed to refute it?
0: No. Well, you can take your interpretation on it, yeah. will not be that cruel have ten seconds left. I hate you. Ding, dong. Boom, twenty seconds, go.
1: Well, um, unfortunately for you, Cam, I happen to be taking a class called Foundations in Social Work. And just today, while I was sitting in the exact place that I am sitting, uh, I read a chapter about theory in social work. And one of the major tenets of this theory is the idea of a strength-based perspective, um, or an environment-based perspective. Now, typically speaking, up until the mid-1960s, people viewed issues like poverty as um, being solely really viewed in just the negative light, in that, you know, this person's life is miserable because they have no job, they have no health insurance, no family is here to pick them up, and their life is just really the worst that it could possibly be. Um, but actually social work has kind of embraced this idea that poverty is more a state of mind. Uh, so in fact, your attempt to trick me is just moot in that really this idea of a strength based perspective is suggesting that rather than looking at the fact that someone is living in a impoverished situation, we should look at, uh, the community that they find themselves in and the different strengths that community can offer them. Whether it's that, uh, the client, you know, had the, the the inner strength to seek out help, that's one strength right there that they have, or that they overcame a drug addiction, or that they um, were able to find a way to make um, some sort of livelihood at some point in their time. And we look at how did an inner strength and inner quality that they have allow them to reach that point and base the work that we do off of that. I mean, so the reality is that while poverty is something that affects people in a physical sense, in that they may be homeless or Out of access to income or a job, there are still strengths that exist. And in in terms of the social work perspective, I mean, we really look at things based in how we can work with the strengths and how we can change that state of mind from being so negative to being more positive. Um, This idea of having a solution-based system that really looks into the environment that a person is living in and what resources are available is really the new focus of generalist social work practice, um, thereby proving that, uh, poverty is essentially a state of mind. You did not give me a timestamp, so thanks.
0: I started it a bit late, so we'll say that was two minutes. That was excellent. What a marked improvement.
1: <laughs> I hate you.
0: Seriously, that was very good. I was impressed. No, thanks. Did not no you would have such expertise on the issue.
1: I just read a chapter on it today. I swear to God. Oh. I was going to grab my book and quote it, but I thought that might be breaking the rules.
0: <laughs> yes. This is why we have one... Host in college and the other in high school.
1: <laughs>
0: so how about you give me one more and then I have a little special thing.
1: All right. Um, I think this is an interesting kind of idea.
0: Right.
1: I would like to hear your thoughts, Cam, on the idea that the more we communicate, the less we really say. All right. Time's up, bud. Let's hear it. Two you minutes. Your, go. Your,
0: you and your poverty. <laughs> go. Okay. Time's taken. The more we communicate, the less we really say. I have a couple tenants on this, and the first one is Twitter. Twitter began, I don't know how, but it's the smallest form of social networking, not only in the fact that it's limited to 140 characters, but the fact that no one says anything important on it. Sometimes people say that protests are organized through it, or that um, news comes out of countries that block the internet, but... The majority of the time, it's someone saying, oh, just walked out on my back porch, or, hey, not really doing anything today, someone text me. And that sort of communication, which millions and billions of tweets happen per day, is absolutely useless, and people aren't saying anything. And the fact that we can go on the computer and through about a 100 different types of communication, Facebook, email, Twitter, MySpace, if you're 112 years old, or... Whatever, a minute left. Whatever the other new things are, like Tumblr, the fact that we have all those outlets means that they're abused, and it means that they're used to such an extent that they're meaningless. If you look, however, ten years ago, even less than that, if you send a letter to someone, if you take the time to write out a letter to someone and sign it with your name, you're saying something important. You can send someone a love letter. You can send someone an, a relative, a letter about how your life is and asking about their life, and that sort of personal... Part of that, of writing and actually taking time out of your day and doing something nice, that's true communication. I don't think that if everything we did was typed into a Word document, it would be be as meaningful. When you look at actual physical writing, there's a whole science behind it. You can see the true emotion of a person, if they're happy, if they're sad. When we look at our notes from class, it helps us remember because the act of writing something down versus typing it, makes you remember it to an extent. So I think that the more we communicate, the less we really have to say. Because the internet, which is mostly what I think this is in reference to, most of it, we're not saying much. We write a lot, but we're not saying much. 140 characters can be used for so many things. But, You're like 20
1: seconds over time.
0: But going out on your patio is not one of those
1: things. Very nice. Well done. Okay.
0: Well, that was two each, I think.
1: Yes, it was.
0: And as this is called the conversation, that was a little impromptu thing, and it is a conversation because we're asking and listening to each other. But there's another element to it. We had um, we had another mini segment. Um, we weren't exactly sure where to include it, and it's a bit of a tiny kind of philosophical discussion. And sometimes, you know, like a music lyric or just like a phrase that we heard in, in the week that we like. So let's do one of those. Not, We're not going to time it, but it's just going to be kind of short and sweet. Ready?
1: Um, no, but that's fine. Well,
0: we're discussing it together, so I will okay. be your training wheels. Okay. Go for it. Is people are born inherently evil?
1: I disagree.
0: Do you think anyone is born inherently evil? Yeah. Like who?
1: Hitler. Couldn't
0: he have been a product of his environment?
1: To a certain degree.
0: Look at Voldemort. He wasn't born evil. He was born into a horrible situation.
1: Does. Those... I mean, like, I don't know. We talk about this in psych a lot: nature versus nurture. La 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 la. It's. I mean, I think the general consensus is that it's both. Um, if someone's born with a bad temper by nature and is nurtured in a way that encourages that temper to come out, then yes, they will end up being a bad person. But if someone's born with a temper and is nurtured in a way that discourages that temper, then they will be inherently less bad of a person. And on the flip side, if someone's born as being nice, but they're in a really sucky environment, then they could very easily turn out being evil. I mean, they also could turn out not being evil or bad or whatever, but um, it definitely helps.
0: So do you think it would be fair to say that everyone is born with both good and evil in them?
1: Yeah, it's it's the light or the dark, Harry. You have to pick. I know, that it's, was a serious black quote. what we act on, is what matters.
0: The world is not split into good people and death Eaters.
1: We just got two Harry Potter references in one statement.
0: I know, that, that wasn't intended to be totally Harry Potter, but granted this being the gavel expect many more of those. Okay, ready for the second one? I thought that was good. Sure. This one is actually a lyric from a song. It is from Knights of Cydonia by Muse, and the lyric is, don't waste your time or time will waste you. To support this, I give you the internet. You go online to look at Google and you end up on Facebook. And then yeah, you know.
1: we were actually talking about this the other day, like when we were studying for Psych, it's like this magical thing where, like, you'll be going on to like check your email or look something up on a syllabus, and the next thing you know, you're scro- like you've scrolled three times, down- like you've like hit the, you know, you've swiped three times through Facebook newsfeed, and all of a sudden it hits you, and you're like, where? How did I get? What? No. <laughs> it's a wormhole. Very, very strange.
0: Um, apart from the internet, just general life. Um, if you look at wasting your time as. Maybe not following your ambition, doing what you love, um, even being friends with people who you don't value, being in a relationship with someone you don't really care about, um, that sort of carpe diem aspect to it. Then yes, you should do that. And that applies to our phrase.
1: Yeah, it does. You're right.
0: That was an excellent conversation. That about does it for this episode of The Gavel, The Conversation early October.
1: I am Cam. I'm Hal. Keep it real.